Welcome to this episode of our podcast, Why is the World? You're listening to me, Miles, and my co-host, Sevi. Hi, everyone. So this podcast aims to introduce you to different cultures, areas, and debates from across the world. And what are we talking about today, Miles? So today is episode five, and we're going to be talking about why is Papua New Guinea so rural? For those of you who don't know Papua New Guinea, we're going to try and cover that off as well for you. It's a very complex com- country, but we're going to try and do our best. Miles, um, don't you mean so... Papua New Guinea? No. <laughs> Can we start no, again? Okay. no! <laughs> you weren't expecting it at all. Um, do you have much experience oh. or uh, preconceptions about Papua New Guinea, Miles? So, my preconceptions were well growing up we had papuan uh art on our walls mm-hmm. uh which um you know you know growing up we had that around so why was that uh, like what, what caused that to happen uh well there's a lot of australian it's traded a lot in australia and okay. you know just a common place you know um yeah just more likely to get to australia so so those uh those and there's markets. definitely there's mm-hmm. definitely history connecting those two countries and and location exactly yeah yeah exactly specifically location as well you know we can look into that as well i was surprised um, how close they were like it, it's just yeah. barely separated by it was called it's called the tory strait yeah yeah so there's also um in australia there's a lot about Torres strait islanders who are an indigenous people so they have similar rights to Aboriginal Australians as well. Okay. Um, so a lot of like um, Australian, uh, so they have to have a um, lot more exposure and knowledge and cultural knowledge and respecting lands given to Aboriginal Australians, but they also have to include in that, rather than just saying Aboriginal Australians, they do actually call it Aboriginal Australians and Torres Strait Islanders. Mm-hmm. So, and I think what's really so weird cool. is, is that Australia was like an undiscovered continent or country for so long, and it's not actually far away from Papua. So, um, I I put uh-huh. for those listeners, I put Australia in inverted commas being discovered because obviously, um, I meant European discovery, whereas that's not actually true discovery. Of and even that strait used to not be there because when ocean levels were lower during the ice ages, people could actually freely go all the way from, like almost go from the mainland of Asia down to Australia. Yeah, I, th- I think we're we're going ahead of ourselves yeah. here. Anyway, so I'm just gonna I... just say my preconception about the question. The the question, and I actually had no idea that it was a rural place. I knew a bit about the mountains that I knew. I knew it was like really dense jungle, rainforest. There were perhaps uncontacted tribes. I know people, sorry, I don't know people. I know in the media, sometimes people, Western people do go uh, traveling there and they don't come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's not uh, uncommon. But yeah, that, that's about, yeah, that's about all I know about it. So in terms of it actually being a rural, we'll, pluck the figures out later you know i had no idea i really didn't know yeah what about you sevi so i actually had uh something similar to you but maybe only just a tiny part of it which is i saw it as a very jungled like rainforested country and as a result i thought like like definitely the people would be more 
like confined to their areas as a result of that. But that was just an inkling and a guess. It, it beyond that, I I learned a lot. <sighs> yeah, yeah, me too, definitely. And hopefully, you guys are going to learn a lot as well. Yeah. So, Sevi, do you want to tell me a little bit where Papua New Guinea is in the yeah. world? So we already alluded to it. it's like really close to Australia. Australia has uh, um, is right below it. Um, it's actually part of Papua New Guinea as an island from the ge ge geographical standpoint. However, the country is only the eastern half of the island. Um, it's actually kind of cut in half. Um, and the western half of Papua New Guinea Island is a uh, part of Indonesia. Um, so the eastern half, and then it also includes some islands off of the coast as well. And it is considered part of um, Melanesia. And people are like, Melanesia? Like, what's that? Um, and you've probably heard of Polynesia or Micronesia. So I just want to like, quickly go through those because I know I hadn't heard of Melanesia quite as much. So Melanesia goes from Papua New Guinea, like the whole island, all the way to Fiji and kind of goes out into Oceania. Yes? Don't you mean Papua? Yeah, sorry. Papua New Guinea goes to Fiji, uh, covers that whole region. And there's lots of islands in between. And that's Melanesia. Um, uh, Micronesia is actually above that. Um, and it covers, um, and it's but it's still south of, like let's say, Japan. Um, and it covers like... Uh, it covers the Mariana Islands all the way to Kiribati in the middle, in the Pacific. Um, and then the last one that a lot of people have heard probably is Polynesia. Um, and Polynesia includes New Zealand and it goes all the way out to like Easter Island. Um, and so it's more of the South Pacific. It's And it's a much bigger region than the first two. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's that's all news to me as well, actually. Uh, and I'd, I'd actually not heard of Melanesia before. In terms of what I'd found on the like the location of um, Papua New Guinea is it was located in the Australasian realm, mm -hmm. which is in the continent of Oceania. Okay. So the Australasian realm is actually a uh, division of flora and fauna that okay. connects it to Australia. So it's more similar in terms of its wildlife and plants to Australia than it is to uh let's say western indonesia okay uh, you know, and there, there's actually i, I a, believe a very, that there's a, a line called the wallace line named after presumably the man that that decided to that Name found it. there was a difference in the flora and fauna and that's actually um between two indonesian islands Okay. Uh, and you and you can really see the once you once you see it for the first time, you'll never be able to unsee the line. Oh wow! Okay. Um, uh, because it, the islands do form a little line of Borneo, and the island of Sulawesi. Okay. And Sulawesi, it's a really weird looking island. I would recommend anyone googling it or just have a look at the shape of it. And you can kind of see there is a line that goes through. And, and that's where that separation is between the Australasian realm and the Asian realm is. So the separation isn't in water, it's also on land? It is a, it's a water-based separation okay. between the two islands, but it, it, it forms quite a nice strait, essentially. Yeah, so that makes it's, sense. it's quite cool to see. Um, I wonder if that's yeah, a as I say, shipping lane now. Prob probably. <laughs> um, my... Um, family used to tell a story about um that the oil like the crude oil was so good 
um, in the on the island of Sulawesi that they didn't need to refine it before putting it on the the wow. tanks back in probably I think in the wartime. But I'm guessing that 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 got used up pretty quickly, like the the already refined. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's and, what they said. Obviously, I have no proof of that. Well, one it. interesting thing I found is because the, the like these islands used to be kind of like connected when water level was uh, lower, and once it rose, it actually all the islands off of Papua New Guinea um kind of f formed their own flora and fauna and evolved their own flora and fauna. So now you get like lots of really interesting new um like not contaminated species. Um, on those individual islands and uh, like you said Papua New Guinea like the major landform um, part of the big island is still like pretty connected to Australia and other places yeah so so I would actually just to take that sort of into a context is when I say it's the Australasian realm of flora and fauna it includes it on a much higher level yeah yeah it includes uh, it from yeah, like the yeah. past and coming down from like specific species right yeah, it, yeah. exactly so but, so uh, like the concept that Sorry, it's like yeah. the concept there are marsupials, there's no big land mammals like, uh, you know, in America you have bears, in yeah. Europe we have bears, everywhere we have bears, apart from in that Australasian realm. Um, you know, there's a lot of reptiles, yeah. that, that sort of concept rather than specific. That's a good clarification. And when I'm talking about when I say like the evolving of flora and flora, I'm definitely talking about on a newer geological timescale. Cool. Uh, yeah. we're, we've gotten, kind of gotten over... Uh, kind, kind of gotten out of the way. Let's bring it back to the country. So, Miles, tell us a little bit about like the size of Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea. So, Papua, Papua New Guinea is, uh, well, it has a, um, an area that is about the same as Sweden, uh, but it's also you know slightly less than Spain as well. Uh, that's in Europe. I believe it's a bit bigger than California. I don't know if you've got a better US state. California is a good state. It's just a little bit bigger than California. And like you said, Sweden as well. Do you, the island of Papua is actually, is it the third biggest island in the world? Or is it the third biggest country? It's the third biggest country that's an island. Or island country is, is the term that I found online. Um, I did find the first two and... I'm like, well, why didn't you include Australia? Australia's an island, but I don't think they do include it as an island. I'm sure you have lots of thoughts on this. Is that a continent reason? Maybe it's because they're like, oh, it's a continent. We're not going to include it as an island. But whenever I think about the world's largest country island, I'm like, oh, it's Australia. But when I looked at this list, it didn't include Australia. So I think it's it's like third minimum, maybe a little bit more, depending on how you draw the lines. Uh, the first two, I believe, were Mad Madagascar was number two. And was it Indonesia was number one? Indonesia was number one. Uh, so we'll take it back to saying how many people live in Papua New Guinea. Uh, it's about 8.9 million. Uh, and I actually, you know, for those who, who don't know, can't picture 8.9 million. It's about the same size as Austria in in Europe. And it's also about the same size as New York City in the US. Yeah. Another example is like it's about the size of Virginia. Um, the okay, state yeah that works okay. too though uh, well um, I, I put it as new york city because uh i just thought that was a bit more easier to picture especially because it's that's definitely not rural and then you can picture all the people in uh new york city living out over an area of california yeah that, that's a good way of looking at it yeah so yeah it's not not that dense so something that i thought 
maybe just to cover a bit of the physical geography of um, Papua New Guinea is it, it's a, it's a weird shape. It's kind of hard to to picture. It's um, I guess it's like a uh, I don't know if you've got a good way of describing the shape of it. Yeah, other than it, it's like an it, oval with a tail. <laughs> um, I the way I describe it is like. So, like we said, it's on the east side of the island. Like, so the west side is just a line. So imagine a line and then a landmass coming off of that into the water. And then it actually, like, becomes skinny. And they call it the bird's tail. And it kind of goes down and into the water as a big peninsula um, called the bird's tail. And that's and that's where Port Moresby, the capital, is on the southern ha southern part of that, uh, that tail. And then there's also lots of islands off of it to the north um, uh, east. Um, and those, there's yeah. some big ones, there's some small ones. It's kind of like a mix of uh, lots of different ones. Um, yeah. And, and that, that bird's tail, actually, that's where it sort of like goes up as the highlands, those uh, very high mountains through okay. the sort of a central spine of uh, Papua New Guinea. So that's Guinea. a great way to say it's like, it's quite mountainous. Um, it's, it's, it's got a lot of highlands. It's got some very high mountains. It, it's just below the equator, yet the mountains are still so high it gets snow. That's how madness it is. Yeah, I, they're yeah four and a half thousand meters in, yeah. as you say, in the in the middle of the the equator. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, it's just below um, the equator. Yeah. Yeah. So so they're really dense rainforests uh, are found on the the lowland and coastal areas towards the the south and north of the central spine. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And so having this mountainous and then really dense rainforest just make it quite difficult to inhabit quickly. Um, we might come on to yeah. um, what that means later on for yeah, being a definitely. Rural and to give you another kind of like way to look at it more from a people perspective, like there's only like two major cities that are connected by roads. Like the idea is like the mountains and the jungles really separate off, and it's not just because there are islands. That is part of it, though. So almost everything you, you like kind of have to fly to, and and flying is how you connect a lot of the major cities. Yeah, and, and it also has uh, coral reefs around, as yeah. is quite common in the Pacific, sort of down that area. You know, you've got the Great Barrier Reef, arguably, in terms of the world distance terms, not that far away. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> um, just Im imagine like one half of an island with lots of islands off of it, very mountainous, um, full of rainforests with coral reefs all around it. S sounds pretty nice. But yeah. definitely nature, so, very, very nature. Uh, what's the word? Very like remote. And yeah, yeah. definitely very. It's, it's almost quite undiscovered. You know, there's not a lot of uh, there's so many species there that they predict are, are, are waiting to be discovered because so many so few expeditions go there and and they don't know a lot about the center of it it's it's really interesting i saw lots of different numbers but i'm comfortable saying like it's about probably like five percent of global diversity is on just papua new guinea um and wow that's like that's incredible like think how many countries there are right like let's say around 300 this is it's this has five percent of it and that might not that might be underselling it so. Yeah, and we'll get into how diverse the people are later as well. Yeah, it so, definitely. Yeah, and you'll see that. Yeah, shows that amongst <laughs> a the people. There's a reflection of that. But just before we get onto that, I just wanted to to say that Papua New Guinea is also on the Ring of Fire, which, uh, if you've been tuning into our podcast, we seem to be talking about every single week. Yeah, Ring of Fire is definitely uh, a common topic. We need like <laughs> Ring of Fire like corner or something. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's part of the Indo-Australian plate meeting the. The Eurasian plate uh, and there's the collision of the two plates obviously causes the mountains 
to mm-hmm. uh, push up like the Himalayas. Uh, it also causes the Indonesian islands and New Guinea's central range as well. And we've talked about the That's ring of fire and how it affects the country, but it really affects, I guess it always really affects the country. It feels like every time we say that, but I, Papua New Guinea does have quite a few earthquakes, which cause tsunamis, but it also has um, lots of volcanic activity as a result uh, as well. Yep. Yeah, it does. As with being near, Indonesia has a similar sort of predicament as well. Yeah. Um, so did you want to take us through the people of Papua New Guinea? Yeah, definitely. I can start us out on that. Um, so the thing you'll see a lot that everybody talks about when it comes to Papua New Guinea that makes it different, besides the fact it's very rural, which we'll get to, um, is the amount of languages spoken. And this kind of shows the diversity of the country. So Now, I saw lots of numbers, but like 800 to 850 different languages. Um, and it probably was even more um, not too long ago. Um, and it actually makes up 12% of the world's total in terms of just population, in terms of languages. Like, you think 5%'s big with biodiversity, 12% of the world's languages. That's, that's like crazy. And a lot of that is because these communities are in the mountains, they're in the jungles, and they're isolated. And whether it's ravines, large rivers, um, like huge mountain chains, like base uh, islands and like they're in the middle of the ocean, like they're very separated and therefore they can't engage as much with other communities uh, around them. And if they do, like if there's a lot of fighting. And so basically their own languages and kind of cultures have evolved um, individually in a lot of these uh, tribes. Do you want to add any other color to that, Miles? Uh, so I think we, we spoke about them having 8.9 million people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means they have an average of 7,000 speakers per language. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously when you include that with your um, your like main languages of um, which is a English-based Creole, I believe in mm-hmm. in Papua New Guinea. Uh, but actually most of the the languages have fewer than a thousand speakers. So yeah, very yeah. very localized in in tongue. And then um, to give yeah. you kind of a perspective, Port Moresby, the capital, it's about 400,000. Um, so compare that to uh, like the size of the population, about 8 million. Like it's pretty small. And a lot of not a lot of people speak like fluent English in Port Moresby. We can talk about education a little bit. It's like on the lower end in terms of learning. Um, but and then there's Tuck Pisin, which is the Creole you talked about that is um, derived from English that basically most everybody in the uh, country knows and that's how they kind of get along unless they're extremely isolated and only speak their individual um, indigenous language. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds sounds good. Uh, in terms of the people, uh, we might allude to how many people live in rural areas compared to urban areas. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was wa- wondering I, if you I had wanna, that statistic. I, I, well, it's the question, so I hope I do. Um, no, I, I'm curious what you got and then I'll tell you what I got. Uh, I got 12.3% lived in urban areas. Okay, I got 87% live in rural areas, so same thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's just uh, crazy to think about. There's, uh, I, don't, I don't know, I, I know that the UK is more than, uh, more than 55, 60% live in urban areas. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's the country I live in, and I, I didn't, my research did not extend to anyone else's country. Yeah. My, uh, so it's, it's just this idea of that, you know, it is incredibly rural and, you know, nearly 40% of the population lives a self-sustainable lifestyle. So, you know, 
those guys are like really into climate crisis helping out i'm joking on that um they you know they they have their own almost uh, they have no access to global capital as well which is actually quite important when we come to economics and to um, give you another yeah. aspect of it like the CIA, cia world factbook of 2018 says uh papua new guinea has the second lowest urban population um and it's just behind burundi if you're curious okay thank you so like it is like significant even compared to the rest of the world um i i saw a great uh line that kind of like exemplified this which is for each village a different culture and i think that sums yeah. it up well of like all these villages they have their own culture language customs and 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 they are quite isolated and as a result of that like they're not moving into the big city and like a lot of and why they're actually not moving in is like a really interesting question that i think it boils down to why is um papua new guinea's population so rural yeah uh, and just to sort of add on to that cultural idea is that each um you know pop local population has their own um costumes dancers art um food food to some extent yeah although they because the food is a little less so because they're still found in similar areas mm -hmm. so there's, there's only what there is available uh but yeah different architecture as well so it's it's really crazy diverse in in cultural diversity as well uh it's almost quite hard to imagine that many different um like and frequent populations with their own different cultures yeah it's, yeah it's really weird i i think yeah it's not i think the best analogy is actually like they're people of, of nature and like it, it mirrors that of like the flora and fauna around them being like so biodiverse around uh papua new guinea yeah yeah i completely agree uh, so where did you want to take us next um, one interest <laughs> Yeah, so I'll take us to, um, uh, there's quite a lack of a communication network around Papua New Guinea. They're only starting to like get cell phones and kind of move up. And I'm talking about more outside of the major cities. Um, and I think that's one reason that, uh, one major reason that like population hasn't moved around quite as much. Um, if you think about it, like if you don't know that there are better jobs in the big city, you're not going to move to the bigger city. Um, and like it, it's, it, these uh cultures and villages that are super isolated do not hear a lot of outside news and it's there's a lot of undiscovered tribes um and indigenous peoples in papua new guinea um it compared to like every other country which is much more discovered and 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 mapped and so on uh, i yeah I, I, that's something that they're really pushing from the government as well to to extend uh, mobile uh, operators and and to really push that infrastructure point as well so so everyone's more connected uh which is you know that that's that's what they've got to do essentially to to try and it's not just about the rural population it's also to increase um you know money and uh and sort of like yeah no definitely a, a good example i saw is there's like let's say you're a farmer and you're outside of port moresby like knowing like the price of different crops through your phone that you can that you can get right away to know if it's worth taking the two-day trip into the city um, to sell your crops or to like buy supplies is really useful. And before, like they would just have to go when they, they just went when they went, and like the price was what, what the price. Was. So how, I don't know. I feel like we're getting away a little bit. So like how how do you, how how did you approach the question and what did you find? So how did I approach it? I 
unusually i didn't actually question what they meant by rural uh, um, so <laughs> miles is alluding to we usually question the question more than we actually exactly answer the question. yeah uh, so because i was trying to find an answer to the question i actually never found a definitive reason why it is rural like i you you keep finding information about it being rural but it never told you why it's rural and it just yeah and that's why i you kind of have to change the question to like why don't people like become urban instead of like why is it rural or something like that yeah well yeah that was a... so you said you didn't find a great answer honestly pers- i didn't find a uh, a perfect answer that kind of like fit all the puzzle pieces together too i found a few including the one about like communication being like smaller and obviously the geography has to do with it we're talking about these small cultures isolated by like in the mountains and islands um what other things did you find that were plausible explanations or made sense to uh it's had a bit of a colonial history Uh, and Mm -hmm. and i wondered whether there was any element of it, it wasn't very um like a lot of the infrastructure for perhaps some of the other countries and colonies was developed quite a lot and it doesn't seem like that was mm-hmm. the case for papua new guinea that yeah um do you want to talk a little bit about the history we yeah that might be worth doing yet. just for the the listeners just to to understand sort of what's you know where where it's come about from uh, i don't know if you wanted to start us off and then I'll, I'll, I'll give like the loose framework and you fill in the holes does that sound fair well, you might catch it all okay. just by yeah, the loose I, I, I don't think so. So, uh, like, we talk about Papua New Guinea as a, uh, like, the bigger island that, like, now Papua New... Sorry, yeah, New... Uh, and then, so, sorry, New Guinea is the big island, and then Papua New Guinea is, like, the country that developed on the eastern half. The western half was uh, settled by the Dutch around 1828, and then the 1880s... Um, Basically, the eastern half was divided. The north was Germany and the south was the United Kingdom. Um, and then the British actually later ceded that territory to Australia in 1903. So I'll let you take it from there slash color that in. Uh, it became a territory of Australia, essentially. Uh, so that explains all the Australian connections then that we talked about at the beginning. Yeah, and it makes sense in proximity as well, as we alluded to. It's 150 kilometers uh, in the Torres Strait down to the tip of queensland in australia and it got independence in 1975 but it it went through uh quite a lot of uh it had a lot of legal status difficulties since uh since before 1949 papua and new guinea had different administrations so um some things were controlled by australia some things were actually still controlled by the british until 1949 okay um and they had different and just it was sort of like a mess of a legal system with who who had operating control of it which you know that never helps with with any stability and it, trying it, to it find... sounds like it's like when you have two legal systems you really have zero is that kind of how it goes exactly yeah okay. yeah they're just they're just quite complicated um in terms of they, they they got the independence in 1975 since since then they've been known as a you know they've they suffer from income inequality and they have a lot of corruption in their government as well which uh, i i believe also probably mm-hmm. contributes to why it's so rural you know having quite a lot of poverty and rural 
populations may go hand in hand. So there's a lot of not there's not a lot of opportunity, and usually opportunity centralizes around cities and causes yep. urbanization. Yep. Is what you're saying? Yep. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, did you have other things uh, that you thought were reasons that Papua New Guinea was uh, population was rural, or is rural? Uh, well, apart from the 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 diversity of the people, where we've alluded to them not being connected. Um, there, I think there is also quite a lot of exploitation through palm oil industry in in Papua New Guinea, which is okay. I don't know anything about this. Uh, so, so palm so, oil is you know it's a product used in basically everything in your food and in your in clothing as well. It's used it's used in a lot of things. Lotions, exactly, that yeah. type of stuff. Uh, it's, it's used in loads of stuff just because it's uh, it's cheap and it's particularly farmed in indonesia and and okay. so obviously gets good yields in the tropical areas tropical island sort of environments and it's known for having quite a lot of ethical problems behind it being quite controversial in its exploit in terms of the labor? In terms of the labor and the deforestation as well. Uh, we talk about deforestation okay. being a major issue for climate change as well. Um, you know, that's one mm -hmm. of the other um, the other things on that. But essentially, if you're forced commercialization and a lot of your produce is exported and not a lot goes to the people, uh, and that can be deemed as a lot of exploitation for the local population. So sucking out the the money would decrease the amount of opportunity in the country, which would prevent people from moving to the urban populations, essentially. No, that makes sense. I, I agree with you. Like that doesn't like put the nail on the coffin in terms of answering the question, but it's definitely a possible factor. Yeah. So, so what did you get on? Um, why is it so rural? Um, I got one one more thing that I thought was pretty interesting that connected to why it was rural, which is it's illegal for journalists and other organizations to enter um, West Papua, Papua New Guinea. So the West is where a lot of the, um, I guess, more like uh, not the cities, but more of the like uh, tribes and the indigenous peoples in their isolated communities live. Um, and the fact that like journalists aren't allowed to go visit, like show off their fancy iPhones, um, that the fact other organizations aren't allowed to visit kind of like to like what organizations do is like they connect people together and by like not connecting these tribes, I feel like it, 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 uh, keeps, uh, keeps them rural in a lot of ways. And I thought that was a really interesting thing. And it sounded like the government definitely wanted to like keep their diversity and their, uh, uh, their country like intact and that's part of why it's illegal in uh papua new guinea and you also talked about how it's dangerous like even going there so it's probably not a great idea to go visit those tribes right now but i can see why people do it in, on the other hand because it is undis un unexplored territory it's one of the few countries that do does have remaining unexplored areas um on earth and that's in terms of like f new flora and fauna like they could be used for myriad applications, um, but also just in terms of like the culture and um, recording that culture for the future. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a great question. It's like, is it worth going in to record if you destroy it? I, I feel like the answer is no. 
Yeah, well, that's what the the government of Papua New Guinea is saying, isn't it? So, um, definitely. Yeah. Uh, So some of the things is I've also seen is is like mismanagement of the government. You know, there's a they have no Mm -hmm. no strategy or plan to modernize the country. Um, So it's obviously a biased account. But they say there's um, there's not a lot of things for building permanent houses, uh, supplying water and sanitation for building infrastructure. Um, and it only seems to focus on short term. Uh, okay. Short term missions, I guess. Uh, for example, in 2002, Papua New Guinea had a, a very violent and chaotic election election. Uh, and only until 2004 did they deploy police to fight the violence. So it took them two years to sort of try and mm-hmm. decide to do something about it. And they just said it was um, uh, the, the government just aren't quite in touch with the with the what's people. happening, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so the, that was another reason that I found. But again, I just I couldn't find anything definitive as to why it is so rural. Uh, I, I tried looking into a lot of like the developing country side of it. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, because to to me, a lot of it might be a cyclical uh, sort of reason why it's rural is r- rural because it's uh, poor and it's poor because it's rural and it's, you know, yeah. you just constantly have that look. And so I tried to look at it from both aspects and I just I couldn't find anything definitive. It was, it was quite. And I think that comes into an interesting point about like covering this type of stuff. The places that are more rural and less. Like they have less facts, they have less things that we can like point to. They have less data is a better way to put it. Um, they can help us answer those types of questions, and we've found that through um, researching different places. It's it's the uh, more well known places that it's it's easier to answer those questions because it's a little bit more uh, the data is a little bit more out there. Um, people are recording it a little more. Do you have other stuff to talk about in terms of uh, the question or things that kind of like? borderline border the question uh in terms of factoids yeah so i found a lot more stuff with the exploitation through you know there's uh logging that's uh they there's quite a lot of exploitation yeah tell us about that well they have logging companies and uh deforestation mechanisms essentially that uh destroy uh a lot of the the flora and fauna and habitat is that for palm oil What's that well, for, for logging, this is the logging industry as well. So, so, um, for for timber, yeah, and it's it's what they 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 people don't feel like they get the money from these companies. It it's, it's very much a you know it's exploitation. Company comes in, yeah, takes the money and doesn't get distributed to the people that it's affected the most. Mm-hmm. Actually, in the end, uh, and it's quite a few examples of that. Um, but they are slowly trying to. Um, so now they have Pap- Papua New Guinea's forest authority is trying to have more rigorous standards in to try and curb this happening. Uh, they're trying to, you know, have certain prohibited uh, techniques, and they're also charged the levy. We're now logging, which goes towards reforestation efforts in theory, as well. And mm-hmm. uh, another. Example is there's uh, Papua New Guinea has the largest um, fisheries zone in the Pacific. 
Oh wow. Yeah, it's it's um and it has really valuable fisheries and it actually in 2010 it had the largest 17% of the world's catch in tuna. Oh. Wow. Uh, which is the third largest tuna industry in Asia. Wow. That's that that's impressive. Yeah, it sounds like the country through its lack of governance is also just it's harder to protect itself against like foreign um organizations exactly, yeah. coming in and taking their resources whereas they could be quite maybe not quite wealthy but like wealthier and more collected if they could uh, manage those resources on their own um, yeah but you don't and, know and what you don't oil. know yeah exactly and you also they also have quite a lot of oil as well which and natural gas which they they also sell and, and allow others to drill on it okay. which it's again it's a similar story it, it just doesn't seem to reflect that money hasn't gone back into the country as we see with other countries such as Norway who have, you know, are very wealthy because of the oil. Obviously right. they have a completely different scenario with, um, you know, the people, the geography and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, did you find anything about the, uh, the land laws? I did not. Tell us about that. So I also, I saw that a lot of the land is, it's essentially indigenous owned. Okay. Uh, only three three percent of the land in Papua New Guinea is privately owned. Okay. Um, and th- most of that is privately held under a ninety nine year lease, uh, which is held by the government. Okay. Uh, and actually, because it's so divided that the land is not, um, you know, privately owned, and and you know, there's a lot of decision makers on on land. That means that it's very difficult to organize any mining or any actual usage of the land as well which contributes to it being kept rural they're not able to use the natural resources to get the money to increase the wealth right so it comes back to that same idea that we've been talking about yeah which is what how i sort of attack the problem i guess yeah one interesting fun thing i found is the uh, sea sh- they use seashells as currency. Seashells, seashells. Yeah, that's a good tongue twister. Um, seashells as a, a currency, and it was abolished in 1933. So, like, that's not that recent. Um, or that's pretty recent. Uh, is what yeah. I'm, so um, that's really interesting. And it's also, like, has the third largest rainforest in the world um, after the uh, Amazon and maybe the one in Congo. I, I don't know. Excuse me, I forgot number two. Um, but like that's that's pretty impressive for like not a huge country a country the size of like sweden um in the middle of uh, indonesia so so uh that is why is papua new guinea's population so rural we didn't quite answer the question but i think you have a much better like sense of everything so um that will do it for and make a wrap on episode number five yeah i would actually say that that's probably the first one where we've we're sort of finishing an episode and thinking, well, well we didn't really answer the question. You can't win them all, Miles. <laughs> I know you like to, but yeah. we can't win them all. <laughs> I do, I do. Yeah, it's quite, yeah. So if you have any ideas about this, please um, subscribe to our Instagram at podcast why is the world, and please let us know what you think about why Papua New Guinea is so rural. You know. We'd love to make a follow-up to this if we if we can find the root cause. No, definitely. Like, everything of the above. And also make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Um, that way you can, like, get notifications whenever we release it. If this at all interests you, obviously. If it doesn't interest you, you can just listen to the ones you want. 
Yeah, and uh, as they say in in the uh, English-based Creole in in Papua New Guinea, uh, goodbye. Goodbye, long.